This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. Hi, everybody. I'm John Walters. In today's Sidecast, Iowa State Director of Athletics Communications Mike Green visits with Iowa State men's golf coaches Andrew Tank and Chad Cohane. They recently led the Cyclones to their third NCAA National Championship appearance in the last five years. This after a 61-year gap between appearances. We hope you'll enjoy Mike's visit with Andrew Tank and Chad Cohane. Hi, everyone. This is Mike Green, and I have the tough task of, of filling in with the voice of the Cyclones, John Walters, for our latest SciCast. And I have two great guests here today. We have Iowa State men's golf coach Andrew Tank and Iowa State assistant golf coach Chad Cohane. And the reason we got him here, because if you haven't paid attention, the Iowa State men's golf team has been on a fantastic roll the last three, four years, continually to make NCAA finals and NCAA championships. Coach Tank, I'm going to start off with you. Three NCAA Finals appearances in the last five years, and you kind of mentioned this you know, before you guys made it to Carson Creek, that you're not a one-hit wonder anymore. What was the satisfaction like this year for making the NCAA Championships again in 2018? Obviously very excited about the direction the program's going and really rewarding that we were able to finish off the year in such strong fashion. and. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, three three times to the finals in the last five years and just really excited about the direction that the program's heading. Did you guys notice, like, a buzz around the program? Because I, because I certainly have. I mean, I, I've had people come up to me and talk, talk to me about men's golf that you would think didn't know much about men's golf at Iowa State, and I've noticed a huge buzz around the program. Did you guys notice it in the last couple, you know, weeks when you guys made it to Nationals? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot more people coming up to me, at least, saying, you know, congratulations for following along. How do I follow along? More people were trying to, to follow us, which was really exciting. And I, our, our guys definitely picked up on it as well. I guess if you were, you know, living under a rock, you may not know how you guys got there this year. And, and I kind of will take everyone back to what happened where this program was at in February. You know, you guys are ranked 88th in the nation. Most people don't know that usually got to be in the top 60 to make, make NCAA regional. So at that point in time, we were way, way out of it. Things weren't looking good for you. Uh, how did you guys turn this season around? You guys talked about there was a team meeting and, and you guys changed a lot of things within the program. Take us back to that day when you guys had that team meeting and everything kind of changed and clicked. Yeah, I think it was early February. We played four tournaments in the fall and then had played one event in the spring, the end of January down in Tucson, and just became clear that we weren't getting the job done. And there was a pretty big gap between where we were and and where we wanted to go. So we sat down and Chad ran a lot of the numbers, actually, of where our scoring averages were, where the team finishes were, compared it to previous years. And we, we just laid out all the data to the guys, and they, they responded. I think it was a little eye-opening for them, but they really realized, like, okay, this is still within our reach, and uh, we just got to work from there. So after that meeting, you guys win two tournaments, which was huge. You won the Colton River Tournament, and you won the Hawkeye Invitational, which is great. You started moving up in the rankings, but you still, you still probably knew you needed a big finish at Big 12 Championships. So if someone doesn't understand how tough the Big 12 conference is in golf, well, let me just kind of tell you really quick. Seven of the 10 teams made the NCAA championship finals. Of those seven teams, four made the match play portion, so the eight, the eight teams that made match play. So you got to go down to the Big 12 championships. It's at Southern Hills, which has hosted at least five major tournaments. And not only did you guys play well, 
you guys were the 36-hole leader, and you were two strokes out of the lead after 54 holes, and one of the teams you were beating was Oklahoma State, which is considered one of the greatest golf teams ever in the history of college golf. What did you guys tell your team heading into that final round of the Big 12 Championship when you guys were only two strokes out of the lead? We were the eighth seed going in because it's based off your rankings, and we had five teams. Texas was the fifth seed, and they were the 14th team in the country, so it shows you how strong the Big 12 is. Just the whole week, we kept telling the guys, and Coach Tank did a great job of just be yourself. Keep doing what we've been doing. We've implemented all these great things throughout the spring. There's no need to change it now. So just keep doing what we're doing. And the guys listened to it and responded really well by just being more relaxed out there. You could see them kind of cheering each other on and being relaxed, so it really helped. Did you notice some of the coaches and staff from other teams going, what the heck is going on here? You know, it's, it's an interesting environment. I think everybody's just so focused on what they're doing. Everybody just kind of had their heads down, so I, don't, I didn't really feel that our program has gained more respect and and so I don't think there was too much surprise that we were in contention maybe being there after 54 holes probably turned some heads but again we're we're just trying to do what we can do and and not get too wrapped up and I think I think it just says a lot about the game of golf it's not easy to rank golf teams Mm -hmm. I, I don't think the golf rankings are very accurate I shouldn't say they're not accurate but they're not great predictors because on any given day any tournament the course can match up, but a team can be playing well, and you can really throw the rankings yep. out the out the window. So our, our body of work heading into the Big 12 championship said we were the eighth seed, but we were playing better than that. Your ranking is affected by every tournament you play, and we didn't have a great fall season and started slow in the spring. So I think we were playing a lot better than uh, our ranking as we got to the Big 12 championship. So obviously after that great finish of the Big 12s, you you earned yourself an NCAA regional berth and you guys went up to Stockton, California. Finished in third there, and that's how you punched your ticket to the NCAA championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. But a big reason why you guys made it was the play of Sam Vincent down the stretch. You know, Sam Vincent's a sophomore from New Zealand, got in the top 10 at the Big 12s, and then he had a top 10 at the Stockton Regional. What did Sam do those last two weeks? How did he shoot those scores? What was he doing well? I mean, Sam had an incredible turnaround this year. In the fall, he was struggling with his game. His stroke average was over 75. You know, he was kind of in and out of the lineup, and he really just turned it on and and started working hard and finished the spring with a stroke average of just under 74, so a, a big improvement. And, yeah, I think he was comfortable with what he was trying to do. Out on the golf course, he was driving the ball well. His, his short game really improved, and, I mean, he was at the Big 12 Championship. He's sitting in the 18th fairway, and a birdie would have tied the individual mm. lead. So that was really impressive to see that he put himself in that position. I would say that's, that's what we thought he would be capable of doing when we recruited him. And, you know, he's just, just learning and finding his way, and I, I think there's more great golf ahead of him. And then, you know, Stillwater, Oklahoma, Carson Creek, great golf course. And Chad, you had a chance to watch Nick Vogt play there in 2016 at the regional. Kind of tell us about the golf course and experience of making it there. Because if anyone hasn't been to Carson Creek, it's a great golf course. It's beautiful. And it's also really, really challenging. It's an unbelievable golf course. It's long. It's demanding off the tee. If you miss it in the trees, there's times where you don't even want to look for it. You just kind of give up and hit your provisional. It played completely different from 2016. Nick played it in 
kind of cooler conditions, mm -hmm. a little bit rainy with a north wind. So all the long holes played really long and all the short holes played really short. And then this year we played it, it was very hot, steamy hot and with a south wind. So all the long holes played more downwind and all the short play holes played more into the wind. So Nick was hitting four and five irons into some of the par yep. threes that our guys this year were hitting eight and nine irons in. Yep. So I thought it was a good test, it was a fair test. I mean, if you're driving the ball well and you have control over your golf ball, you can, you can make birdies out there. But once you start spraying it, it can get to you yeah. mentally and uh, it's very challenging. You know, Coach Tank, you had some great experiences in, you know, in your collegiate career you know, at the University of Minnesota where you're among a lot of NCAA championship programs and you actually won an NCAA championship and then you also made it to the finals many times as an assistant coach. Kind of put in perspective the accomplishment it is for a Northern team to finish in the top 20 like Iowa State men's golf has the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not easy to do. There's a lot of great golf programs, a lot of great coaches, and you know, college golf has just improved so much over the years, and so many, so many more resources are being given to the student-athletes, and I think you can sit back at the end of the season and realize how hard it is, and... You know, I kind of think the the northern school stuff is is sort of overblown. I don't see it as a as a barrier. You just have to approach it the right way. I've been around teams that have proven that you can play great regardless of the weather. So, with that being said, you know there aren't that many teams from from the north mm -hmm. that 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 are making it to the finals. Uh, I think there's just a, maybe two or three teams, maybe four teams that made it to Carson Creek that you would consider northern schools, but yeah, I'm, I'm proud that we were one of them, proud of the work that our guys have done. And it is rewarding to sort of have that chip on your shoulder here at Iowa State where people think that it's not possible. We're just trying to continue to do new things and create things that haven't been done before. Mm -hmm. and, and this was another year where we were able to do that. And especially coming down the stretch, contending for a Big 12 championship on the last day and getting back to the finals. and posting another top 20 finish, those those would be two of the really great highlights that we had mm. this year. How much does it help your players knowing that you're competing in a league that is so elite? When you think about seven of the 10 Big 12 teams were in the 30-team NCAA championship field, so you know that our players have played against these guys day in and day out. How much does that help? I mean, I think it helps a lot. Getting to play with those kind of players within our league, we have probably 10 players that are going to be in PGA Tour in the next couple of years. Yep. So getting to see them compete and competing with them, I think it really shows our guys that they're not that far away from that either. So it kind of gives them that feel of, wow, I can do this too. Just playing with those guys and also at the Big 12 Championships, we play on really high caliber courses. Southern Hills this past year has hosted U.S. Opens and PGA Championships. So it gives our guys a good showing of what it takes to play mm -hmm. on those types of golf courses as well not just the players in the Big 12. The future looks bright for you guys. You only lose one one player out of your top five in Denzel Uramia. He was a great player, had a fantastic career at Iowa State. What did he do to your program? What type of impact and lasting impression did, did Denzel make for your program? Yeah, incredible. Um, you know, I mean, we're sitting here in the office and we've got a wall in our office of all the tournament winners, both individual and team. And if you look back, from when Denzel got here until now, that wall has gotten a lot bigger. Since he's arrived, the team has, has really blossomed, and there's a lot of factors to that, but Denzel is one of the primary reasons. He's been a great player. He really developed into an awesome leader this year. He, he's been a key piece in 
raising the program, mm-hmm. and we've won a bunch of tournaments as a team. He's played in two NCAA finals. I think he's meant a ton, and, and we're going to really, really miss him next year for sure. The one thing about Denzel that I noticed that he had he has the capability of, of going really low, and a great example is this year at the NIT where he shot a 64. And Chad, you had a chance to walk with him that day. Tell us about that round when a guy was just on a roll like he was that day. It was awesome to watch. I got to walk all all 18 holes, um, and I walked the previous 18 holes with him as well. And he didn't really do much different. He shot, I think, one or two under in the first round and then got the ball rolling and shot 64 in the second. Um, and not much changed. He's a very long hitter, and he had the driver going that week. But the big thing was he wasn't even really hitting his irons that well, but he was making a ton of putts. Once he got the first couple putts to go in, the hole just expanded and just everything started going in from every distance. And not to really be overshadowed there, but Trip shot 66 in that first yep. round as well. Yep. I got to walk with him in that round uh, during that tournament, and he did it completely differently. I think the longest putt he made for birdie was probably five feet. He was just hitting his iron so close. Yep. I mean, he hit a hybrid on a par five to less than a foot, almost made double eagle. So watching those two guys kind of feed off each other and start making birdies and they were high-fiving each other was really fun. That was a, that was a really fun day to walk with those guys. And I'm trying to remember how many birdies did you know did he make that day? Denzel nine? Did he have nine? Or he had ten? Ten, he had ten, ten birdies. birdies. Yep. And I mean that 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 tells you right there the talent that he has. Oh, uh, he had ten birdies and probably three birdie putts that lipped out that really? hit the hole. So um, yeah, I mean it was a 64 that could have been lower, but it also was just an amazing amazing round. Obviously, losing Denzel will be a blow to the program, but you return a lot of great players. And you know the one thing that I that Iowa State men's golf has been able to do. And the reason why we've you know, sustained the success that you have is that you keep restocking the shelf. And a great example this year is with freshman Lachlan Barker and also Frank Linwall. But Lachlan Barker uh, from Australia had a fantastic freshman year, uh, broke the Iowa State you know, freshman scoring record. Did you see that coming in, that, that, that Lachlan had that capability to do that? I think that was our hope. I mean, he's got a great resume, was one of the best players in Australia, and had played some amateur golf around the world and, and had some experience. So I, I did expect him to make a big impact because of his experience, but he just transitioned to our program really well. You know, he got off to, to a good start in the fall and just kept going. He was really consistent throughout the whole year. Probably exceeded expectations a little bit, but that's, that's saying a lot because those expectations were pretty high for him yep, going into yep. the year. Most fans probably don't understand how a golf tournament works. There's two coaches and there's five players. So you can't be with every player you know, during a round. How do you guys decide which player you're going to be walking with that day? Is there, is there a certain uh, goal you want to you know, attain for each tournament? You know, kind of explain to the average person how that works. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that we're we're constantly talking about as a as a coaching staff and trying trying to figure out. I think for us, it starts with the goal at the beginning of the year is not to walk with somebody just to save strokes. We try to walk with them so that we can see how their game is and how they react to certain situations and listen, talk through shots and the decision making and and really just sort of observe and be right there with them to to talk through things because that gives us our best information on what's going on out there, the shots they're comfortable with, the ones that they're not, how they're feeling, how Mm -hmm. they handle adversity. So it it starts more from a development model at the beginning of the year where we just want to see how they're doing. Now, 
hopefully we can help guide them and maybe save a shot or two here or there, but that's really secondary to being able to learn about their game so that when we come back to campus, that's when we can put all those observations together Mm -hmm. and really get to work. We're fortunate we have one of the best practice facilities in the country to come back and simulate any shot there is in the game. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the the observations and the evidence that we see at tournaments, we come back and we can recreate that out of the Cyclone Golf Performance Center. And if, if if they struggled out of the thick rough with the ball above their feet to an elevated green, 120 yards with the wind left to right (laughs) we can find that at our facility and and so that's that's what we're trying to do is is to be with them for a whole round see how it plays out so that we can also observe the mental and the emotional side of things and then from there as the year progresses you know we walk with different players and just kind of try to see where where we're clicking and as it gets to the end of the season now we're getting a little bit more into the performance aspects of it and and are sort of hoping that we can help maximize what the guys are doing and it's it's the best part of my job it's uh it's the most fun is being out there in competition and uh you know seeing these guys pull off these shots and it's definitely why i love my job so Mm -hmm. much and chad you've been here four years now obviously there's a great working relationship between you and coach tank how would you define your role with the team compared to what Coach Tank does? Is there a more technical side that you work on, or maybe Coach works on the mental side, or do you guys kind of combine both? But what would be some specifics of what you do for your role on the team? I mean, I'm incredibly lucky to be here working under Coach Tank. I've learned so much in four years, it's crazy. One of the things that I really like about my job is that I get to use some of my technical background and my playing background. I really love the technique side of things. Sometimes to a fault, I forget about getting the ball in the hole at times. But I feel like that's something that is on my side. I can help uh, there, but we both really work together. I mean, we both know what's going on with the guys' swings, what they're doing. And then Coach Tank is incredible with... uh, the personal side of things and the mental side of things. Um, so I think it, blending those two together has been really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. We have a close working relationship. We have a small team. We spend a lot of time together. You know, I, I think our favorite time of the week is coming back from a tournament and sitting down and discussing kind of where each player is at and both what we've seen on the golf course, what we see in their statistics, and, and coming up with a plan to help them. Chad's done a great job with, with the guys, helping them improve and get better, and has spent a lot of hours at the practice facility helping them hit shots and, and working on their game. And uh, I think we're continuing to sort of evolve our working relationship and, and how we're helping the guys. But, I mean, in the end, we're, we're just trying to help them improve any way that we can. And most of these guys dream about playing on the PGA Tour. That's why mm. That's why they're here. They see that we have the facilities and the resources and the support to do that. You know, that's one of our goals as a program is to put guys out on tour. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing things move that direction. And it's really fun to be able to work on all aspects of their development. We've got a great strength and conditioning staff. So, you know, believe it or not, as golfers, we're, we're spending time <laughs> in the gym and, and on the physical side of things because that's the direction that the game is yep. is heading. If you're a golf fan and you're following Iowa State golf, you're probably only getting on golf stat and you're seeing the scores. You know, you're seeing what they shoot here, get a birdie there. But you have no idea what type of player this person is. You just see that Sam Vincent shoots a 69 or Trip Kenny shoots a 70, whatever. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys, what makes these players good? What are their strengths? And so I'm gonna kind of you know just name a player, and you're gonna tell me what makes what, what are some of the great qualities that these guys have. And I'm gonna start off with Sam Vincent. You kind of touched on him earlier, but what makes Sam a great player? When he's driving the ball, it's awesome. Uh, when he's driving the ball well, straight, long, and he's really uh, sharpened his short game this spring. At Southern Hills, he was making great up and downs. I think he got up and down out of the bunker uh, every time that he hit in there except once. So mm -hmm. just really solid short game, and especially like the tough shots. And out of the trees, we, we joked uh, that he's had a lot of experience <laughs> back in New Zealand about sort of playing recovery shots from the trees. Mm -hmm. And I'd say that's one of his strengths, which is always good to have that shot. Yeah. And Chad, I'm going to ask you about Trip Kenny. What what makes him special? Yeah, I mean, I got a chance to walk a lot with him this year. One of the things is just he's a, such a fierce competitor. Um, he wants to win no matter what. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Sometimes we have to rein him in. But I'd say his strength is off the tee. He's very straight. He's very accurate. He's never in too much of trouble. And then when he gets his irons going, he can he can shoot really low scores. Um, he hits it very close. He's a surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> he's a plotter. He, he, yeah, he works his way around the golf course really well. Yeah. Um, and the biggest growth for him has just been kind of realizing lies and you know playing the game the right yeah. way instead of just like getting fired up and I'm gonna go for this flag um, and he's done a great job with that it's awesome you know we were blessed this you know this last year with with great play from another freshman Frank Lindwall whoever wants to talk about his strengths Frank's strengths would definitely be uh, off the tee driving the ball and then uh, with the putter when he gets his irons going well, that's that's when he shoots low scores. I mean, his uh, his 65 at the Big 12 Championship was an incredible round of golf, and it shows you what he's capable of. He's played some great golf in the spring, and but when he's on, it's driving and putting, and if he's, if he's going to struggle, it might be with his irons, but he's improved so much with those, and, and I think that's why his game has, has come around late here in the season. I had a chance to finally watch watch you guys play you know at the national championships and I think my favorite golfer maybe Lachlan Barker for for a lot of reasons tell us about his game he's just a heck of a player the best thing about him is he knows how to get the ball in the hole no matter what's going on he really understands his own game uh, and he can do it in a variety of ways he drives the ball straight he hits his irons really well and he can get streaky with the putter and chipping you never know what it's going to be and that's the greatest thing about him is he can just get the ball yeah. in the hole. I mean, we had a we had a tournament this spring in the Prestige at PGA West, yeah. and it's desert golf. And he was struggling with his game a little bit. And on the range before the first round, he didn't keep the golf ball on the range. Uh, there's desert to the right and left, both sides of the range. And I'm watching him at drivers, and one would go in the desert white right, and the next would go to the left. He he literally did not hit one ball that finished on grass and and, and the range is 70 yards wide <laughs> and uh but he walked over to the 10th tee where we started and hit one right down the middle of the fairway and and played well and so like chad said he's got a really really good sense of getting the ball in the hole and just playing with what he has so that's where i see so much upside for him is he can adapt on game day and shoot a mm -hmm. score and when he gets uh, a little bit better with his preparation and matures as a player and he's starting with a better base and then he goes and adapts that, mm -hmm. I think you're going to see some really special results from him. And, and yep. that's just going to be a little bit of maturity and time. But what a great skill and how cool is that that you can kind of be hitting it all over the place but find a way to 
to get it mm-hmm. in play and on the fairway, on the green, and, and make some putts. It, you know, as coaches, how often do you observe your players when you know they're they're down, and you need to go over there to give them a pep talk? Is there a time where you like uh, I need to stay away from that guy, or do you know that I got to step in and go talk to him because they need some support? Coaching, it's really a mix of both art and science, and that's that's the art. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's played golf out there knows how hard it is, how frustrating it can be, how easy it is to beat yourself up. So yeah, that that's a big part of our job is is uh, figuring out when to when to talk when not to talk when to pat him on the back when to sit him down and it's our job we have a better not a better perspective but a different perspective a broader perspective of things and they get stuck in the moment and can get down on themselves and so that's our job is to come and say hey looks like you're a little bit you're being hard on yourself Mm -hmm. what's going on we're have those talks on a daily basis (laughs) during competition during practice um, and that's Another thing that I, that I love about this job is, you know, we're, we're trying to help them to see themselves better, learn more about themselves so that the goal is when they're out there, they can be more self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be able to do it on their own, but the more that they can do on their own and use us as a resource, it's just going to set them up for that next chapter in life, whether that's on the PGA Tour or or whether that's in a, in a boardroom at a company. It's fun to see how those skills are going to help you in golf and life. You know, as we were recording this sidecast, Frank Linwall is playing in the U.S. Open you know, sectional qualifier. Tell us about some of the other events your players are going to play in this summer. A lot of our guys will stay around here and play some major amateur events throughout the summer. Denzel is playing the Sunny Hana, the Northeast, which are two very prestigious yep. events. Lotham Barker is playing the Dogwood, then the Sunny Hana. Trip Kinney is playing the Palmetto Amateur, so they all play, they all travel all over the, the U.S. playing different tournaments, but we try to get them into better fields each year so that they're playing against better and stiffer competition, which is, again, going to get them set up for the next phase, which is hopefully the PJ Tour, the mini tours, things like that. It's cool that, you know, in the summer we can work with our athletes. Some of them take a summer class. They want to stick around here, use the practice facilities, so definitely time for them to get out and, and do a little bit more on their own over the summer, but we do stay involved with their development and and helping them set up a schedule for the summer. And again, it's all about playing the best yep. courses, the best tournaments against the best players. And that's what we try to do during the season. And that's what we encourage them to do over the summer too. Well, we kind of touched on the current Iowa State men's golfers, but you've had three All-Americans since you took over the program, Coach Tank. And kind of tell us about some of these former players and how well they're doing professionally, like Scott Fernandez, Ruben Sanjaya, and Nick Boak. Yeah, it's great to see you know, Scott Fernandez playing on the European Tour this year. He was on the Challenge Tour for two years, which is sort of the web.com version of the European Tour. It's just one level underneath. And he, he kept his card the first year, which is a huge feat. Most rookies get out and it, they don't keep their card. It, it's, it's not easy. You're learning the golf courses. You're learning how to travel and do all these things. And he did that his first year as a pro. Second year as a pro, he finished in the top 15 on that tour, which earns him status to the European tour this year. So he's on the big tour over there in Europe, and yeah, I think he's just getting ready to break through. He's had some good rounds and some good finishes, but I think the best is yet to come. He qualified and played in the British Open last year, which was uh, awesome to see a Cyclone playing in a major. So uh, keep in close contact with Scott, mm-hmm. and it's fun to see the success that he's having. Then Chad, you want to talk about Nick Boak and what he's doing? 
I'm lucky enough I get to still work with Nick very closely. He didn't get through on web.com, um, so right now he's over here in the States. He's doing some Monday qualifiers and things like that. And as he says, his game's really close to being really good. Just like Scott, I think the best is yet to come for him. He's ready to break out. All he needs is, uh, is that opportunity. And then even Ruben Sanjay is having a good start to his career. Yeah, so Ruben is uh, playing up in Canada this year. That tour is just getting started. It's kind of a spring-summer tour, so I think he finished 28th this week in his first event. He, like Nick, they both, being from um, Australia New Zealand, they played this past winter down down under in um, in Australia New Zealand and had some good good experience as young pros getting mm. getting their feet wet and yeah so Ruben will be up in Canada which is a great tour and awesome experience and opportunity for him to hopefully move up to the web.com for next year so excited to see how how Ruben does up there well we talked about our program in depth now I just want to give you a chance to give us a glimpse of the future of Iowa State men's golf and you have two recruits coming in next year, and how excited are you for both of those guys? Yeah, we are. We're really excited. You know, each year it's a new a new team, which is what I love. Uh, when we get the guys together in August, trying to figure out where the team is at and and where they can go. So, two great freshmen coming in in the fall. Jackson Cowles from Australia. He's from Adelaide, same hometown as Lachlan Barker. Very accomplished player and will be be a huge addition. He's going to be getting over here at the end of July to play some events in the U.S. leading up to the college season. So I would expect Jackson to be one of those guys contending for those five spots. Uh, we have a lot of competition, which is exciting as a coach to know that you're going to have to mm-hmm. earn that spot in the lineup next year. And then our other freshman, Bryce Hammer from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Bryce is going to be taking a summer class, so he'll be around all summer, which both Coach Chad and I are pumped about getting to work with Bryce. He'll be able to get in the weight room and just get his get his feet wet here, get to, to see how things work, get to know the guys better, and really solid player and has, has done some great work over the offseason with his coach. So excited to, to get Bryce here and, and see where his game is at. He's got a good tournament schedule this summer, so we'll see see where his game is at. And another guy that's going to be in that mix when we have our, our qualifier mm-hmm. for our first tournament, we'll be heading back to the Badger Invitational to start the season off. We've got eight guys. It's going to be very competitive to see who gets uh, the start in that first event. Well, Coach Tan, Coach Chad, thank you so much for joining us in our latest sidecast. Thank you. Thank you.